Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, guys. It's me, Candace. <laughs> And me, Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yeah, we thought that we would have like everything figured out by the time we were in our 30s. And do we? No. No, we don't. I just wanted to switch it up, see how it felt. Did you like that introduction? I loved it. Um, well, we have such a great guest for today. His name is Michael Vlamis. Uh, you guys might know him from Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, Kayla, we know him from our acting class. We do. We knew him before. Because Kayla's been in this acting class for, for years. For years. Yes. And I started it because she had talked so wonderfully about it. And um, But yeah, he's been in this acting class. And uh, you were following him on Instagram before I was. Oh, he's just the greatest individual because if you guys aren't following him on social media yet, you should because he called self-proclaimed sweet fat boy and he uh, gives himself advice. He gives his 12 year old self advice. And I just think it's the greatest thing because he went from, you know, struggling with weight and he discusses a lot of that in the interview um, to now being the sex symbol. And he was sitting here on the couch and I'm looking at him and I'm like, he is a sex symbol now. 
He's, there's something about him. He's very good looking. He's very charming. He's also just a good guy. I love this idea of talking to your 12 year old self. And it got me thinking of my 12 year old self. And, and, it, and it pains me. I was so socially uncomfortable. I was not cool. But I feel like you would have been cool, Kayla, at 12. Well, it's interesting because I knew we were going to talk to Michael about nostalgia and being our 12-year-old selves and do we ever get past that? And I genuinely felt more confident when I was 12, 13, 14 than I do now. I know you think I'm just saying that. I genuinely did. I was trying to figure out why that is the case. And I think it's because when you're 12 and 14, 15, whatever, you're not supposed to have life figured out by then. And it's okay. The more you make mistakes, you give yourself a little bit more grace. Now that I'm in my thirties, I feel the pressure that I should have it all figured out. So any mistake that happens or anything that's not perfect, I feel like I should have done it better, done a better job at it. So, um, it's, purely my putting pressure on myself, but it's really there. And yeah, you're right. I was completely confident with who I was. And not that I wasn't awkward. I went through this horrible stage of life where my parents called me helmet head because I would spray, my, spray put so much hairspray in my hair that it would become hard. Oh, you mean like the late nineties? I yeah, mean, definitely. Yeah. I was ramen head. I, I had that like where you'd like do the gel, oh, the crunchy, the hair. crunchy. Yeah, I have this awesome picture. I remember going to the Backstreet Boys concert, and like I had these like tan pair of leather pants and like a glitter top. Because that was cool leather guys. pants. Yeah, I was a twelve year old with leather pants. Wow. <laughs> I really wanted to be Christina Aguilera, but I don't know. And so I would just yeah, you. That was what we did. We put a lot of gel in our hair, mm-hmm. or you slick it back, and then you have those two wiry pieces that you put like kind of in your eyes. Oh yeah. Something that did get me thinking, just to gauge your level of cool, how old were you when you got your first kiss? <laughs> how old are you when you're in eighth grade? Do we know what age you are? Yeah, I just you're the like grade 12, level. 13. 12, 13. You're 12. Okay, so 12 I was around that. And I totally would have gone for like little Valamis at that point, 100%. <laughs> I was more into liking the individual at that point instead of like being attracted to them. I really liked nice people. And maybe that's why I married a Canadian because obviously he's, they're just so nice. But I really was attracted to the person and not necessarily like the cool factor. I was just desperate to be kissed. <laughs> when was your first kiss? 14. Well, that's not, that's like normal. Almost right before I turned 15. I guess that's a little late, but <laughs> you, you. <laughs> it's late. It's Is okay. It? Well, I, I had know. like my first peck when I was in sixth grade, but that's a whole other embarrassing thing because I was so nervous around boys when I was younger that I used to, it's, and then I end up in television. I used to watch TV and try to recreate scenes that I liked from the shows or movies that I was watching. And so Seventh Heaven was a big show at that mm-hmm. time. And I forget that the character of Simon had like his first kiss. And he, he, they decided to like count down like one, two, three, and then kiss. And so in sixth grade, I remember there was like some party and behind like these like red canoes, I was like too nervous if he was going to kiss me. So of course I had to control the situation instead of let anything happen naturally. And I was like, look, we're going to count down (laughs) from three and then we're going to kiss. And I think I copied whatever they said in the show. And that was like my first peck. And then I never got kissed after again (laughs) until I was like almost 15 years old. (laughs) Just trying to recreate those movie moments. I love it. That's such a great teenage, you know, nostalgia moment in in your life. One one episode of Freaks and Geeks we did, it was a spin the bottle episode. And I was, I was a freshman in high school and hadn't had a lot of experience in playing any sort of like game like that. And the director said, okay, you guys just play it. And I was like, (gasps) oh. 
like for real and then we were genuinely like spinning though it was a montage scene and we were spinning the bottle and everyone was just playing spin the bottle and I just that was my first spin the bottle experience yeah making out totally that's amazing see yeah you were cool when you were younger (laughs) oh god I don't know I don't know I just I knew I had confidence a little bit more and I'm so happy to finally realize that it's such a a good thing to know about myself that I don't think I knew until we talked about this episode Honestly, so I'm going to start working on that a little more. That is a great... Did you you ever have like a bully experience when you were younger? I mean, you're still friends with a lot of people that you grew up with. I did. I am. Um, No, I don't think I... I don't know if I even want... I don't don't think I was ever bullied. That's good. Yeah, I guess. That's not a bad thing. I know. Yeah, that is a good thing. Did you? Were you bullied? Not like bullied, but I definitely had a tough time with friends. Like I you know, it's like you have a group of friends and then you think you're all really good friends and then you're walking up behind them and they're all talking about you sleepover and how like, thank goodness, like they lied. Yeah. And then like I had, I was heartbreaking. My neighbor went to school with me and she was in the grade above me. So outside of school, we had this like awesome group of friends and she would invite me to her birthday parties. And it was like, I got to hang out with the cool girls and we'd all watch Dawson's Creek and slumber parties. Um, But then, you know, that you grow up and then they become one grade all of a sudden feels like 10 years Mm -hmm. difference. And then I just stopped getting invited. And so honestly, like I'd never really had a great time in school. And even the boy that was my first real kiss when I was almost 15, um, he was embarrassed that he kissed me. So he was lying to everyone. And then I called him out on it and he publicly in, in the high school cafeteria. Well, so he brought me to prom. He finally was like, it was a big thing. Cause our parents were really good friends. He, he also was a junior and I was a freshman. And so he invited me to prom, which was a huge deal as a freshman. Yeah. And I had this like hot pink sparkly dress on. I got French tips. It's Florida. I, it was a, it was a very Florida prom theme. Um, I looked like I was going to like the country music pageant and, uh, but I felt so pretty and he picked me up and I was so nervous cause I'd only kissed him and I, he'd had a serious girlfriend. I know he had been doing other things. And so I was so nervous cause it was prom. There's a lot of pressure on prom, a lot of pressure on prom. And, um, and then after prom was done, he literally just like with his friends dropped me off at home and then was like done, like didn't even kiss me. Didn't didn't want to be boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. So then I was so, I didn't have that many friends and I was just over it. So I walked up to him in front of all of his buddies at school. And I was like, you don't have the balls to tell me that you like me. You don't have the balls to like tell all your buddies that we're together. Well, we're done. And then I got my braces off and I got highlights. (gasps) And uh, I love this story. Yeah. (laughs) And what's funny. And then I left school a year later because I left high school at 16 and I never went back. Uh And so I just never had a good time. I always had friends outside of school. Um, But what's funny is he ended up living in Atlanta like a decade later. While you were shooting the Vampire Diaries? shooting the Vampire Diaries. Ooh, nostalgia's a so, bitch. Yeah, so we hung out, we caught up. I thought we were just being friendly. And I was single at the time, but like we just were hanging out and having a good time. We like, he met a bunch of my coworkers, we went to dinner. But secretly, were you like, hey, I'm on this hit show now. So Don't you wish? I just, yeah, there was a part of me that of was like, you know, hey, oh, look who's coming and calling now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I really thought we were just friends until we were going to dinner and to my coworkers. I was like, hey, do you mind if some of my guy friends come? Because uh, we all just finished and we're all hungry and they're really cool. You should get to know them and make new friends. And he called me and he's like, you and I obviously have different ideas of what we're doing in this friendship. Like I thought this was a date and now you're trying to bring other dudes on our date. Well, that's his fault for not specifying that it was a date. Yeah. A real man would just be like, let me take you out on a date. (laughs) This is true. But it was definitely, I was like, then yeah, you and I have different ideas of what we were doing here. So ultimately high school anymore. It came full circle. And then you got to kind of, yeah, your power. What do you think about nostalgia? I love it. I think you can't grow in life without being able to look back and reminisce. And I like the idea of being able to um, remember our old selves and learn from it and become our, the new version of ourselves. And like Michael says in his interview, too, it, it just it um, helps you become who you are today. I kind of cringe. I'm trying to be better at being kinder to my younger self. I judge her a lot mm-hmm. and I wish I wouldn't. But I'm just in a phase of life where I'm really critical of my younger self for some reason. Um, But having teenagers in the house and and watching them grow up and then also, you know, with Florence, having a lot of like my old like my elf stuffed animal. Like I love like physical nostalgic pieces like my stuffed animal from when I was a kid seeing her with that makes me feel all sorts of warm things inside mm. and um and watching our girls grow up I'm trying to be like oh yeah be kind because we're all just figuring it out and at any stage um I don't know well maybe we'll try to figure it out once we uh, come back after the break with our guest Michael Vlamis and we are back with sex symbol <laughs> Michael Valamis from CW's hit show, Roswell, New Mexico. What's up, mom? I'm a sex symbol. <laughs> do you have business cards that say Michael Vlamis sex symbol? Oh my God, no, but I have business cards. You do? <laughs> yeah. Do they, I, uh, does it say michaelvlamis.com on them? They, uh, yes. So my newer ones do actually newer say ones. that. They're ridiculous. I hope nobody sees them ever because I'm pretty sure I'd probably get sued for the font that I used in the picture. <laughs> Just ripped it off Google. Um, but I have I found business cards the other day in my bedroom that my mom made me when I was a senior in high school to like, I don't know, give to people when you get to college. Nobody has business cards in college, but it's me in like a suit in my, my senior year high school picture, like really short hair. Um, can we like, get a picture of this for so our listeners can check I, it out on I will, socials. I will 100% get you a picture. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know if you guys had this in middle school for your eighth grade picture. They let us buy cards of that too. And I bought cards <laughs> like a playing card of your middle school yearbook pr- picture. pretty much that. And it's like really colorful. And I look like a serial killer in the photo. <laughs> it's like, I've never been more pale in my life. Bang straight across the face. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. So business cards, they have a special place in my heart. So you were a sex symbol even back then. Oh No, I was not. I was very fat. Um, <laughs> I remember like in sixth grade, I got my first hug from a girl, <gasps> Katie Dykstra. And like for a fat kid, like getting a hug back then was like huge. You know, I remember exactly <laughs> where I was in the hallway outside Mr. Bonarigo's class. And like, meanwhile, all my other buddies are kissing girls and doing even crazier stuff on trampolines. And I, uh, I was getting hugs back then. Yeah. Just hugs. Okay. I have so many questions about what happens on the trampolines, but no, first no, no, of no. all, actually we can't talk about that. Where were all these sexual hugs happening? Where did you grow up? Okay. Uh, I grew up in a suburb outside of Chicago, a Southwest suburb called Palos Park. So I, uh, I grew up in uh, like Lincoln Park, Wrigleyville area where the Cubs play, 
we moved to a, you know, like all, a lot of parents do better school district where you don't have to worry about your kids, you know, riding a bike down the street and some random person coming out of nowhere, like being in Chicago with mm-hmm. so many transients. Um, and then I went to school in the city. So I drove an hour and 10 minutes to high school every morning. Wow. Yeah. Some days it would snow and we would get, it'd be a two and a half hour ride. It was crazy. Uh, but that was where my dad went. He was like captain of the state first state championship uh, team there, which was water polo, oddly enough. And, you know, the, the slogan there, you know, being like a little fat kid coming from the suburbs, I think my dad wanted me to go to this school, Mount Carmel in Chicago, to like make a man out of myself. Um, the slogan was, you come to Carmel as a boy. If you care to struggle and work at it, you will leave as a man. That is Holy quite shit. the slogan. Yeah, it was a lot. We had a boxing team. I boxed. Uh, my dad won. We had this thing called Fight Night where it was like a big charity and teachers and students. People would be in the gym hanging from the rafters, this old school gym where they're just like gunning cigars. Wait, smoking wait, I'm cigs. sorry. This is your high school? Yeah, my high school <laughs> ripping beers and and these kids are just out there boxing. And uh What did you grow up in the 50s? No, like what I, is it's like, kinda like is this that. Greece? The, <laughs> the year I fought was the last year they allowed like people to smoke in the gym. And that was oh. 2006. Oh my god. Yeah. That is okay. Crazy. Absolutely insane. And and it's also like one of those schools where everyone's trying to like prove yourself, you know, you got to be like the toughest guy, you know, everybody's there. So what was that like then? Because you, I well, mean, you, you what, are tough not... now, but you probably weren't back then, <laughs> no, right? No, no, no. Yeah. That school toughened me up for sure because you just have like so many like pride issues. Mm-hmm. It was an all boys school in like the middle of a really bad neighborhood. It's near University of Chicago in Chicago, which is uh, in a, a town called Hyde Park, an area called Hyde Park. And it was a very tough area to be in. I really opened up my eyes. Um, you know, we got, in, we got in a little trouble every now and then. But the one thing that, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it veered me like away from my path of um, making like movies and acting. So I was like a kid in the suburbs. I got like a video camera when I was in like second or third grade because a buddy of mine got one. We made a short film and it was like the coolest thing I'd ever done. And so I kept doing that. But once you got to high school, the kids, especially like an all boys school that's known for sports, like you're not going to be in the drama yeah. club, you mm-hmm. know, it just was, it's sad to say now, but looking back on it, those, that wasn't, the that cool wasn't what was cool, do. you know, um, it was like getting girls and playing sports. And for me, like, you know, my dad like made me get good grades. That was like a thing. I was always the kid that, you know, I, I was top 10 in my high school. Um, I'm not saying, I, I don't know if I. I just, I, I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy, but I, I worked really hard at that because if I was top 10, if I played well in sports, if I was like a good person, then it wasn't so bad if my dad had to like, you know, come get me in jail over the weekend. <laughs> that, that was your ticket out? <laughs> that was your get out of jail free card? Yeah, I mean, I never did anything too bad, but you know, we like vandalized, gotten fights. We were just like, I was like a really good kid on paper. But I was always getting in trouble on the side. Okay, so you can I'm, get away with more when you're, you know. So I'm trying well. to keep up. Okay. Because you keep referencing like this sweet, which I'm using your words, sweet little fat kid oh, yeah. who couldn't get hugs from girls. And then you're also saying that you're like this like grease lightning, getting into trouble, like rebel. Rebel. Well, I think we. Getting arrested. So bring us back to <laughs> the beginning of that story. Well, I think. Um, so I think it all stems from like, if you're a kid who kind of feels like an outsider, then you want to be accepted, right? So if, 
if people are playing pranks on someone or you, I don't know, you're, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, right? You're going to be the person who's going to do it the most or, um, you know, get the biggest rise out of people because you feel like they're going to accept you more and appreciate you more for doing like the crazy thing. It's like, oh, then you're not looked at as like the fat kid. You're looked at as like, wow, Vlamis is crazy for doing that, you know? And then you're like cool all of a sudden because that's what guys value when you're growing up is like getting in trouble and being mischievous. And so it was all for validation. I think so. Yeah. I think it was all, which probably why I ended up being an actor, you know, like it's (laughs) Well, that's what I wanted to ask you because like sitting here right now, you are so confident and so self-assured and I'm wondering how you go from being an insecure sort of younger, you always give yourself advice on social media and I love that so much. I mean, you really have such great advice for your younger self. So how do you go from that kid to who we see today? Oh man, that's so hard. Um, well, who was that kid? Like the kid that you give advice to on your socials. Yeah. The kid before he was getting into trouble and, and looking and seeking for attention. Who was that kid that wanted it to begin with? He just was always laughing himself, always trying to make people laugh, always eating, I love food and I still love it to What this was day. your go-to food? What was your snack or well, what is your snack? Well, every day back then, my mom, we had this gas station near the house called Gas City and she would go get like a coffee there every night. My mom drinks like four or five coffees a day. It's ridiculous. And I would tag along with her because I would always, she would always buy me the 99 cent bag of hot Cheetos, Flamin' Hots. Oh yeah. But back then the 99 cent bag was like three times the size of the 99 <laughs> cent bag now. And I was just eating one of those every night. And I was, um, I was just, I don't know if it was just like eating because, you know, my, my dad was really hard on me, you know, being a, uh, um, an all American high school and college for water polo. He was, you know, and he's big guy in shape. It would be tough to be his son. Water polo is not an easy sport. I mean, you're treading water and leaping and holding it. I mean, that's a crazy, right. And a lot so of eating to fill a void. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Um, eating because it just made me feel good and I needed mm-hmm. to feel good at, at some points. Um, but I think a lot of it just, it was a, it was like a lack of, of confidence. I remember my mom would always say, you know, you're so cocky around the house with your sisters. You know, I have two little sisters. We're all two years apart. And, you know, why aren't you like that? Why don't you play basketball like that? Or when you're on the baseball field, why aren't you playing like that? And it was the, it was the weirdest thing. I could never really like translate it as a kid. But then the one thing that I could do that I could always be myself at and succeed was, was making short films and making movies. And as a kid, I really played into me being like overweight for those short films. I would make really funny faces with my double chins and just be absolutely ridiculous. And that was giving me like a platform to, you know, even if people were judging me, like I felt like they were when I was like a fat kid who was, who was, you know, struggling with finding, you know, realizing who I was and accepting myself and loving myself. When you watched what I did, you just laughed. And that was like all I needed at that time. Um, cause then it's a character. Yeah. It's not a personal thing. You're, it's like you saying like, Hey guys, I'm in on this joke that you guys are trying to create. And actually right. I'm going to tell it better than you will. Wow. That is so, um, I think that's like the story of my life almost. Yeah. I feel very, very, very self-aware. Um, and it's because I think as someone who 
maybe is getting laughed at. You want to be ahead of everyone else. Well, you're going to laugh and be a part of the joke instead of having them make you the butt of the joke. Exactly. Right? Oh, you, yeah, you think that's funny? Yeah, I already knew it was funny. Mm -hmm. And that's why I made the joke. Now mm -hmm. we can all laugh together instead of you laughing at me, mm -hmm. which is why I think I found comedy. And, uh, you know, but as I, as I got older, I think once I started being able to you know, receive affection from, from girls as a young kid that changed a lot for me too, confidence wise. And I remember I was hanging out at this, uh, one of my friend's houses when I was like 14 and, you know, I hadn't really, I think maybe I had had my first kiss by then, but that was like about it. And I remember like talking to this girl this whole time who I was not interested in whatsoever. So since I wasn't interested in her, there was no pressure being put on myself. I was just talking. I think we were like downloading illegal music on like Napster back then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Some weird Al Yankovic or something. My favorite was the ones you'd get from like radio stations and you'd be like, yeah, I'm getting this new song. And it'd be like, from Kiss yeah. FM. And you're like, like, God damn it. In the middle. I got the wrong one. No. Yeah. And that was, you know, so that's what I was doing. I was hanging out with this girl and I was, I went to go leave the house. House. And the girl's house it was, you know, back then when you're like 14, you know, the girl's house, she comes up, they're like facilitating the hookup. She's like, oh, hey, uh, so-and-so like really likes you. She wants to like make out. And, and Do you uh, remember her name? Yeah. I, I love high school everything. names. I love the it? double high school names. So the girl names. whose house I was at was Lauren Nelson. She was actually my first kiss. Great name. Uh, like <laughs> the summer it. before. And then the girl that, uh, that wanted to hook up was Christy Conrad. Hey, Christy, hope, hopefully name. you're well. Um, and I, uh. I remember being saying to Lauren, like, wait, does she really? Like, I didn't even like try to hook up with her. I don't understand. And, you know, I ended up going downstairs and we ended up like w literally went in the closet and like <laughs> fooled around for a little bit. And I had like this epiphany and I realized that, dude, you got exactly what you've been wanting by not doing anything. All, all you were was like yourself, yeah. you know, just asking her questions, being personable, you know, just having fun, telling jokes. And that's what she was attracted to. And from that moment forward, I never looked back with how I approached women or how I, uh, I think my, my just sense of self really improved as like that 14 year old in that closet. And that changed a lot for me. And then over the next four years, I started to thin out from that. I was very, very, um, adamant on, on being in shape, but a, a thing that like a lot of people really don't know, and I'm, I'm open with sharing it when I was like, 19 in college. I remember I was like 18 and we have this thing called undie run at Chapman in college. Undie, undie run? Undie run. Got it. Yeah. I'm Chapman University. You run in your underwear. You run around your underwear twice a year whenever it's finals week. It's like a whole thing. Everyone around town lines up. The cops like rope off the route for you. I mean, it's, it's like a- For teenagers a, in their underwear. It's an 18 year old <laughs> dream. You know, that's what I'm going to say. And- I remember like that night I had like the opportunity to, um, you know, it all comes back to women just have made me realize so many things in my life. I had the opportunity to like, you know, have a great night with some girls and I like passed on it because I was, uh, I was like tired. I had like a test in the morning. I just wasn't in the mood. And I remember I called my mom the next day. I was like, mom, this happened and I turned it down and I think something's wrong with me. And she was like, well, all right, well, why don't you go get like checked out or something? And I went and I got blood work done and I had the testosterone levels of like an 87 year old man. Wait, what? Yeah. So I found out as an 18 year old, 19 year old that I had low testosterone. 
very, very like rare, like one in 10,000 people, I think like my age would have low testosterone. And so I think that explains a lot of being a kid uh, and being overweight because that testosterone, you know, it regulates your, your muscle mass, your fat loss, your mood, your libido, um, your bone density. Because you didn't go on like some, like I remember being in high school and it'd be like a summer would go by and then a student would come back totally transformed oh, yeah. and you'd recognize pretty quickly like, oh, they're doing something unhealthy right, <laughs> in right, order right. to look like this. Like, did you have a healthy relationship with working out and food? I had a, well, you if know, you don't my, mind me, I don't know. If no, that's, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, I had, uh, I had an interesting relationship with it cause my dad was such like a health freak. And so on this kick, you know, from being an athlete and whatnot that like you know, we'd be at like a double header for a baseball game in like eighth grade and everyone be eating like hot dogs and hamburgers. And my dad would be like forcing me to drink a protein shake. And I'd be like taking a sip and be like, dad, this is terrible. I don't want it. And he's like, drink the shake. You need the shake. You know, like he was very, very hard on me. But yeah. I think, and, and that's one thing too, that I think I, I was able to like build resilience from and be able to face adversity is that my dad was not easy on me, but I'm not here like sobbing about it. I'm glad he wasn't. I feel like I can face anything. I'm not afraid of anything. And it's because when you're <laughs> afraid of your dad, and if you could face up to that, me and my dad have a great relationship, you know, we're very close. Um, but he, you know, he demanded he had high expectations of, of myself. Sometimes you can't meet him, but you can try, you know. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Zola is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment in couples' lives even happier, combining compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology, all in the service of love. Zola is the easiest way to plan your wedding and register with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save-the-dates and invitations, and easy-to-use planning tools. Start with a free wedding website. It takes just minutes to set up, and you can choose from over 100 beautiful designs that fit any style and every type of wedding. Put your Zola registry on your wedding website so guests can get all the details they need and buy your wedding gifts in one convenient place. The Zola store has the widest selection of gifts at all different price points from over 500 brands. There's something for every guest to give. I really wish I had used this for my wedding. I mean, to have one place where you can just handle everything would have been amazing. It would have been so helpful. And it's nice because when you're going, everyone knows going to weddings can be very expensive. Mm -hmm. So you want to get a nice gift. But if it's a destination wedding, maybe you need to find a small gift. Mm -hmm. So having this opportunity to shop a bunch of websites in one place, uh, it's the dream. To start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to Zola.com slash challenged. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash challenged with a D to get $50 off your registry today. Support for today's show comes from HelloFresh. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes and fresh pre-measured ingredients delivered to your door. All meals come together in 30 minutes max, call for less than two pots and pans, and require minimal cleanup. Plus, with three plans to choose from, including classic, veggie, and family, there's something for everyone. So get out of that recipe rut and start cooking outside of your comfort zone. I just I'm love how quick all these meals come together. And the cleanup really is minimal, which for me at the end of the day, 
is a really big deal. <laughs> yes. That's the worst when you just want to enjoy your meal and you got a whole kitchen of pots and pans. This one, it's less than two pots and pans. It's so true. You know, Tanner's a Saskatchewan boy and he needs a good dinner. He likes a meat and a side and maybe a veggie. And I feel like they do such a good job of having good ingredients that are healthy, but also hearty. And they, it's recipes I would have never tried myself. The last time I had a HelloFresh meal, it was this like Korean bowl. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And it was with this like pork sausage. And I would have never made that on my own. I would have been too scared to try that kind of recipe. But with HelloFresh, it was so simple. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash Challenged80 and enter the code Challenged80. That's HelloFresh.com slash Challenged80 and enter the code Challenged80. 80 for $20 off your first four boxes. Hey, Kayla, are you dreaming of a beach vacation instead of sitting here with all of our loud yard work going on? I Yes, I am, especially right now. I can hear it. It's pretty loud. <laughs> Start planning your escape to Panama City Beach, Florida. Imagine spending your days doing the things you love, all in a setting of sugar white beaches and turquoise waters. Discover endless family fun, heart-pounding thrills, eco-adventures, and romance. Make it memorable. Get up close to dolphins in their natural habitat on a boat tour. Give paddleboarding a try or just lounge under an umbrella. There's so much fun. It'll make your family's head spin. Make it exhilarating. Find your thrills flying on a jet ski, kayaking at sunset, or snorkeling in turquoise waters. It's everything an adrenaline junkie lives for. Make it incredible. Bike along the beach, take an airboat tour, or explore the secluded beauty of two state parks. PCB offers one eco-adventure after another. Make it special with a romantic getaway. Relax and reconnect with dining on the beach, breathtaking sunsets, and enough live music to dance the night away. So make it your. Make it Panama City Beach, your real fun beach. Plan your escape now at visitpanamacitybeach.com. And we're back. Go back to the testosterone. Yeah. Because I think that's so fascinating. And I just don't want to skip over the ending of that. So what you went to the doctor and got those levels tested. Yeah. And then you did something about it. And then did you feel like it changed you? Oh my God, it changed everything. Um, see, nobody, nobody noticed that I had low testosterone because, you know, everything, you know, for like the listeners, you know, things developed, uh, my voice changed, you know, everything was fine. My dad is like the hairiest human you've ever seen. And I wasn't shaven even at 18, you know, maybe like a little peach fuzz or something. And the doctors just said, oh, he's a late bloomer. He's a late bloomer, you know? Well, no, I wasn't a late bloomer. I had a rare, like, syndrome where I had low testosterone. My pituitary gland was not telling my body to produce an adequate amount of testosterone. So I got, I had to go through all these tests because they're very strict about prescribing someone steroids. And I got prescribed uh, steroids, testosterone. And at first it was injections. So like, you know, you're talking about those kids who like went away and then Mm -hmm. came back all jacked. Well, like I had a lot of friends like that in high school who played football and stuff. And so when I was back home in Chicago that summer from Chapman University in Orange County, uh, and I was on testosterone. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. 
And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly therapy i was shooting myself up once a week with testosterone three times a week with a uh, human chronic gonadotropin which like manny ramirez on the boston red sox got <laughs> and this was all prescribed with. prescribed prescribed yes. i had like my buddy's mom who's a nurse come over to my kitchen and like show me oh how to shoot God. up and it's like my friends who like were fascinated by steroids and wanted to be jacked would come over and be like dude let me get some and it's like no dude i need this stuff <laughs> And so I, I, I did it. And that summer with my workout regimen and everything, I put on like 30 pounds of muscle. Wow. Like ev- I That's was. That's a lot of muscle. It was crazy. That's I my was three-year-old. Like, you basically absorbed <laughs> my three-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was, it was wild. My, uh, my energy, my uh, libido, my muscle mass, I could all of a sudden like 
eat a hamburger on the weekend. I mean, I didn't eat past eight o'clock, 8 p.m. for the longest time. Wow. We, everybody would go get like, you know, I, I, you know, people know, I guess when you're like 18, 19, you're drinking and stuff. Mm -hmm. we, people go get like drunk food at like the Mexican place and I wouldn't eat. I would just sit there and pound water. I wasn't even drinking booze or anything because I, it just affected me so much. I could not afford those calories. And yeah. so much of your teenage years is about going to grab food and it's all about mm -hmm. the community of that. So if you feel like a little bit of an, even a little bit of an outcast in that part of your life, it yeah. just changes everything. Yeah. I was always the kid with like a bottle of water on, mm -hmm. him, you know, because it, it you know, I, I like drinking, but I didn't drink for the longest time because of the calories and my body just couldn't really handle it. I would just gain weight easily. So then you get all this testosterone, oh, you gain 30 pounds of muscle. I mean, with that face. So what happens? Did you just sort of like become this other person? Well, my face like rounded out. I got pretty, I was just eating a lot and lifting a lot. I was so strong. It was amazing. And, uh, no, I, uh, I was, yeah, literally like 25 pounds heavier than I am now. Probably. Question pounds, for you. Yeah. Did your relationship with your dad change at that point at all? You know, I, I'm not, it didn't exactly change, but looking back on it, when I was a kid in high school, I mean, I was always playing sports, right? Or middle school, whatever. But every time, as soon as I got home, I sat on the couch and I fell asleep. And he used to give me such a hard time for that. As if I was like being lazy or this or that, you know, or like, you know, he was very hard on me for my weight too. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, he was, he was hard on me for my weight. And, um, Looking back, I don't know, we've never really talked about it, but if I was him, I'd probably feel bad for yeah. being so hard on a kid who had no control over, I mean, okay, I was sneaking out of the house and going getting euros at Smiley's, you know, biking <laughs> up to Jewel Osco, the, you know, the strip mall nearby where I was not supposed to be biking up to, but I was going up there and I was getting a lot of euros and cheese fries. But usually it's not like you were like going out and getting drugs and getting crazy. No, like, I was sneaking I was out hit, for I was getting out for cheese fries, yeah. Yeah, some kebabs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so, you know, we never really spoke about that, but, um, I think, I mean, he knows, you know, I did, I did the best I could with what I had. I just had a great conversation with my dad who was in town recently about the difference between, I feel like our parents are part of a generation that take like their kids are a reflection of them. Yep. And I was trying to tell him like, but you, it's not like you have to also know that your kids are your kids and their choices are their choices. And, and also their growth is their growth. Mm -hmm. Like the only thing that's a reflection on you is what you put into the relationship. You, if, you know what I mean? Like you coming home to sleep on the couch because you're physically exhausted isn't a reflection of you. I think our parents were kind of raised a little bit more of your kids are supposed to represent you instead of representing themselves. I agree hundred percent. And I've even had like problems in relationships with women as I get older, because if it's a friend, you do whatever you want. But as soon as I like love somebody or like I let someone love me, then it's all of a sudden I become, I go into this like critical mode where it's like, like my critical dad of was. yourself or critical of them, critical of them mm -hmm. because wow, yeah. you see you like treat them as you treat yourself. And I'm very, very hard on myself. And I expect like the most of myself, right? Sounds like your dad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's been something that I've had to like really work at and try to try to shake because that might've worked for me. But not everyone can take extremely tough love like that. In fact, Nor should you have to. Probably no one really can. I know. I know. I'm learning. I learned yeah. that. But that's what I responded to. Yeah. The tougher he was, you know, when people, I love pressure. I love everyone saying you can't do this. I love, you know, I want to read a review that, that trashes me or something. I love the story of how you booked 
the Roswell pilot. Will you share this with our listeners? Because I'm sure they want to hear it. Of course. Um, So talk about people saying you can't do it. Well, yes. Our our acting teacher, Sandy Marshall, she is who we love. She's now retired, but she was the best and (laughs) is still the best. Um, She we were all in class and she gave me a scene from Roswell. From the pilot that was casting. From the pilot that was casting because Sandy coaches actors outside of class for auditions, gets them ready. So she gives me a role. She gives me a role of Max in the show, not even Michael, who I ended up booking, a role, the role of Max. And we do that, and she goes, you know, I think you're really right for this, this pilot. But, you know, I had been doing well in class, and I remember that scene specifically in class that day. I didn't, like, for whatever reason, Sandy didn't love it. And I was like very depressed at the time. I was coming out of like a breakup. I was with a girl for five and a half years that ended like literally two months before. That's a long time, too. Yes, yeah. And I was uh, I was really shooken up, and it was the first time in my life where I wasn't putting work on a on a pedestal. My whole life, all that mattered was work and being successful, and that's how I lived my life. That's how I operated. And then once I lost the girl, I realized that oh, love, relationships, self care. All this stuff matters. Work is just an extra thing in your life. So I just didn't care about work anymore. So, you know, six months before that, if Sandy would have said, hey, you're really right for this pilot, you should go do it. I would have called my manager on the way home from class and be like, hey, hey, we got to get an audition. Instead, I sat on it for three days and finally was like, well, all right, maybe we should get an audition for this. I hit up my manager and he's like, yeah, yeah, dude, we've been trying to get you in. It's not, uh, they're not letting you in. They're saying that you're, you only do comedy and that you're not right for this role. And I was like, okay. You know, I was like, all right, we'll keep trying. So a few days go by. They cannot get me in the room. My agent at CAA can't get me in. My managers at Grandview can't get me in. So he just says, we got a self-tape for it. Tomorrow's the last session with our showrunner, Karina McKenzie. And they're testing people this weekend. So if you don't get in, to, if you don't get in tomorrow to see them, you don't get this tape in tonight, then you don't have a shot. So he gave me the material, sent it over. And that morning I was shooting a, uh, a short film for, you know, like a friend and we were shooting at this random house that they had rented out for the day. And it had, it was a young couple's home. And I know that because the walls were just plastered with a young, happy, newlywed couple. And I'm out of this breakup, you know? So I'm just like, screw these people. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm just so like, get out of my face. I do not want this right now. You're in it. You're in the breakup. I'm in the breakup deep, just sad. Screw your smile. Yeah, no, quit smiling. I want to smile. And so I went home and I remember I threw that tape together and like, I went over the lines and everything in like 40 minutes. It was like seven minutes worth of material, which is also like, why are you giving me seven minutes worth? You're going to know if I'm the guy in the first 30 seconds. You know, I always feel that way. Casting directors, if you're listening, you're going to know it's us immediately. Give me like two pages. Okay. It's true. And, uh, and so then I grabbed my roommates from the kitchen. I was like, yo, will you guys help me with this tape? And self-tape for our listeners, it's when actors are asked to essentially record their audition at home with their own video camera, edit it themselves, light it themselves. It's a ton of work. It's a lot of work. And just on the hope or the whim that they watch the first minute of your seven-minute tape. Yes. So you have your roommates come in, throw you on tape. Roommates come in, they throw me on tape. I'm just so worked up from the day and just don't care about life at all. And uh, I did the tape and... You know, one of them's a director, one's another, one Spencer from class as well, actor. Mm-hmm. Spencer read with me. And um, and I was like, all right, you guys got any notes? And they're like, uh, d- d- 
maybe just do you want to just do it again? Like, they didn't know what to say. I think they they knew like in that moment, like, dude, this kid might get this yeah, role. Like what is happening clicked. right now? And so uh, we sent the, I sent the tape in. My internet at the time wasn't even working. So oh I had to drive over to Soho Houses, like where I upload all my stuff. You know, Ooh, you're so fancy. I'm so fancy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a member? Oh my God, I'm a member. I met one of the investors at the Napa Film Fest and I just Whoa. asked him on the spot to be my recommendation. And he was like, yeah, you know what? I like you, kid. And he just got me in and I just milked that place. And you're using the Wi-Fi. That's what I, that's what I do for it. uploaded it. That's what I did. Um, and at this time in my life too, I don't know if you guys know, but I was, I was like broke too. Um, I drove Uber and Lyft all year last year, like just, just grinding, like trying to, trying to survive. Cause I was head of marketing for a watch company for like four and a half, five years out of college. I studied business in, in college, like not even knowing I was going to act, started acting my senior year, needed a job. So I, I ended up like slinging watches on the street for this company, grew to head of marketing, and then in St. St. Patty's Day 2017, I quit to pursue acting full time. So that whole year was just so much pressure on myself, so much stress, just like writing every day, just hustling, trying to make connections and Ubering and lifting to pay the bills. And so I was just like over everything. So we send in, I send in the tape and that night I, I go in, you know, I'm, I upload it Soho and then some of my buddies come over. We're like celebrating a recent project we had wrapped to the, to the bar and we're, you know, we're having drinks. And all of a sudden my manager calls me at like nine 30 and I was like, we can't curse here, right? Yeah. Curse <laughs> of away. Course you yes, can. you can. Oh, wow. We might have to bleep it. They'll okay, probably okay. bleep that, but, <laughs> but yeah, sure. So I answer you the phone. Can. You know, I had like a few drinks. I answer the phone. I go, what's up you handsome motherfucker. <laughs> and he goes, you drunk right now? I go, I'm about to be like for a guy who like hasn't been drinking his whole life. Really? I just started letting loose. I was drinking all the time. Still going through the horrible breakup. Still going through it. You yeah. know, just, just, just letting loose, not controlling myself as I've always have controlled myself. You know, what did he say? And he goes, you're drinking, you drink right now? I was, like, I was like, yeah, you know, I got my fourth Casamigos on the way. Shout out Casamigos. And uh, he goes, well, put the booze down because they love the tape. And Karina wants you to audition for her in the morning. <gasps> Which was, this never happens. Like you send a tape in. I've never been called in off a self tape in my never life. Usually off a never book it. Like never. this is a, a kind of a miracle. So but this usually, was just your role. When I was hustling so hard and like back in the day when I cared even more, I would make trackable links for every single self tape link I sent in and I would look if it got clicked or not. Mm -hmm. And half the time they're not even getting opened. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you just don't care. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to make me waste my time. Go find, I mean, it's practice at the end of the day, so it's not a waste of time, but it feels like that at times. And you have to go call someone to read with you and you mess up their day. It's very annoying, you know, to do a self tape. So the creator of the show loves your tape. She loves the tape. You're on your fourth Casamigos. On my fourth Casamigos. Will says, my manager, Will Douglas, Willie D, he says, go home. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. I'll go home. Did you? No. Oh, my gosh. I stayed out. I got trashed. I ended the night at Mel's Drive-In <gasps> crushing cheese fries. You finally got your late night drunk I just food. did whatever I wanted to do. I just didn't. It didn't matter because I knew at the end of the day, I put down a good enough tape that they liked me. I know I could do the job. So what do I need to do right now? Go home and go over my lines 50 more times? But you already no, know. Yeah. I already know them. I'm good to go. So I went and I, and I had to leave my, my uh, car at the bar. You know, I Ubered <laughs> home. And I actually, I recently was going through my phone, like clearing out old videos and stuff. And I found a video from that night. What? I posted on Snapchat, speaking in that 12-year-old voice that we talk about. I do this stupid thing. Me and my sister, my sister Stephanie, she goes, Steffi. 
And I go, Mikey, it's the dumbest, <laughs> weirdest thing ever. But I'm on this, uh, I, I found a video of me talking to, I was using Snapchat a lot at that time, I think. And uh, I was talking to the phone and I was like, I was like a little drunk. And I was like, Mikey's got an audition for the CW in the morning. Mikey never thought he was handsome enough for the CW. And like, I, I was just messing around, you know, and I posted that and like, cause it, it, none of this, none of this stuff was real. It's all just like, yeah, whatever. Anytime I've had success out here, I think it's hilarious because I think we're just like beating the system. The fact that we can do what we're doing is a, it's amazing. You know, like it's, it's, it's it, so grateful. And well, so Mikey got the job. Mikey got the job. I went in, I did the thing and they, um, I, my roommate actually, he was an Uber driver too, Spencer. He Ubered me to the audition and, uh, we were playing God's plan by Drake blasting it. It was really popular at the time. <laughs> And I got out and I went in and I did, uh, I did the thing. And then I got invited to test for it the next day. How did that feel? <sighs> you know what? I just hated like everything at that time. So I, uh, I was in that test deal at Warner Brothers. And for those who don't know, a test deal is when, you know, it's probably down to like one to three guys for the role and you come in and as if the audition process isn't grueling enough, <laughs> They make you do one more audition in front of like 30 network executives in like a small auditorium like theater at Warner Brothers, <laughs> literally like doing a live theater performance. And I remember being in there and all the guys that were testing, we were all, they all put us together in a room too. It's like, okay, cool, man. Like give me a little space. That maybe. is how Candace and I became best friends. I when will you say. met during the test? Yes. Yeah. Oh, but that's so cool. Note, continue. Okay. Well, I was not looking for any best friends at that time. <laughs> Uh, also like Michael Guerin for anyone watching Roswell, New Mexico, he's not the happiest guy. He's not going to chum it up with anybody. He'd rather just be at the bar drinking alone, maybe mm -hmm. playing some pool, you know, or getting in a fight. And so all these guys are like, you know, all laughing, like having a good time. I didn't say a word to anybody. I just like mean mugged people. I was like drawing Yoshi's from like the N64, you know, like Nintendo games. I was drawing oh, like Yoshi's yeah. <laughs> on the chalkboard or whatever, on the whiteboard. I mean, be mysterious. It was weird, man. I don't know what I was doing. And, um, and yeah, I was just kind of in my zone. And I remember I went into the audition and, you know, nobody else brought a water bottle in, but like from Sandy Marshall in class and right now, like, you know, if you, if a prop's really going to help you bring that in. So I brought this water bottle in cause I'm drinking at a bar in the first scene. And then once that scene ended, we go into the next scene and you know, I'm not drinking in that scene. There's no reason for me to have a water bottle, but I was so like in character I, and I, right before the scene started, I realized, dude, why are you holding this water bottle still? Like, you don't need this for the scene. So like in character, I just whipped it against the wall. Like I chucked it hard. And then I just hit myself on the leg, my thigh twice, like super hard, settled myself and went into it. And, uh, and then like it, after the audition ended, it was like dead silent there. And I was just like, sorry for throwing shit. <laughs> and I grabbed the water bottle, cheers to everyone, got out of there. And, you know, the, the luckiest thing happened when I left that audition, because when I was going to the elevator, Peter Roth, um, who's, you know, head of TV at Warner Brothers and Karina McKenzie, our showrunner, were going into the elevator. And I went up to him and I was like, is it going to be awkward if we ride the elevator together? Because <laughs> they haven't cast anybody yet, you know? And Peter Roth like put his arm over me and was like, nah, kid, get in here. And like we started exchanging like fight stories from like Chicago and like growing up. And Karina says that was like watching me book the audition 
in that elevator, you know? So you literally had an elevator pitch. Everything. The character's name is Michael. The character was the same age as me. The character was going through similar things in the show that I was going through in life, you know, about longing and sense of belonging and, you know, just wanting what you can't have and all of these things. And it was just like it, everything needed to be perfect in order for one thing to work out, you know? Okay, I want to talk about your character, Michael, mm. um, because not only are you a sex symbol on a very sexy CW <laughs> show, but you are a bisexual oh, yeah. sex symbol. And did talk about it. I don't know. I, I, I was wondering watching it because I was like, obviously, you have to do so many interviews and talking about the character and talking about the show. Do you find that a lot of journalists are asking you questions about your own sexuality? Does that happen when you're playing a bisexual character? Well, I will say that I think journalists are uh, savvy enough not to ask that. Okay. I was just wondering. But I didn't assume they would. Everybody else asks it. Really? They don't, a- they don't ask it to me. My like, uncle will be like, yeah, I was at church the other day. I was washing my hands in the bathroom and some guy's like, yo, Steve, so your kid's gay? Your nephew's gay? And it's like, mm, uh, well, you know what, dude? Thank you for thinking that because that means I'm doing a good job. You know what I'm saying? Like, so definitely, and I think a lot of that is just from like people in the Midwest making jokes, you know? Yeah. Like they're just like, they're just having fun with it. Um, I'm not saying that they should be or that's appropriate, but that's what, uh, that's what some people do, especially when you don't understand something fully. You know, you find like, you kind of want to just kind of take the piss out of something. Um, but nobody has done that to my face, you know, and I would say 99% of the people who have reached out to my parents or anybody in the Midwest has been like super supportive. Even the people, even that other 1%, it's not that they haven't been supportive, but they've made a comment like that, right? Like questioning my sexuality, but people have always been making assumptions about my sexuality based on like the content I've made because, you know, I made a film, a short film with my buddy, Andrew Carter that got into uh, the L.A. Uh, like Shorts Fest or whatever a couple of years ago. And it's about like two dudes who meet on a hike and they exchange numbers. And then like one of the dudes just never texts the guy back. So it's like it's like and they both of them have relationships. Both of them are with women who you see when they go home to their to their girls. But we wanted to make it, we wanted to show like a short film on, on a bromance that kind of develops as a love story, but really it's just like two heterosexual males. Mm -hmm. But that short actually ends up with me, both of us having sex. And it's like a very quick snippet and it's hilarious. It's like a ridiculous comedy. And that got into the festival and like people back home see these like short films and they're like, what's uh, what's Vlamis doing out in LA? It's like, dude, it's called acting. It's called storytelling. Exactly. Um, and so I, I think it's funny, though. I like keeping people on their toes and not knowing what to expect. But I would say that aside from all that, everybody talking, I think what we're doing has really, uh, I mean, I've gotten like so many just random people reaching out and DMing me on Instagram, just like thanking us for our portrayal of of the two of us together on screen and, and how natural and. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it's not like it. watching it, I didn't feel like, oh, here it didn't feel like a setup. No, it felt so organic. Like here's this relationship that has existed for so long. And these two men that have had to keep their love for each other quiet Mm -hmm. for so long because of their surrounding circumstances. Well, do you, are you, do you guys know, are you friendly with Tyler Blackburn? 
funny enough, we were, him and I were at an audition together like a million years ago. Yeah. And I'd known that he was on Pretty Little Liars and I, I'm assuming total assumption that he knew I was on Vampire, but we chatted and he was like the nicest guy and we've never worked together. We rarely cross paths, but I feel like anytime I would see him, he'd be like, hey, it's so good to see you, which never happens in LA. Yeah. I mean, I, He's people the man. don't acknowledge people that they've met once. It's very weird. But what about him? He's just the most genuine, open, uh, generous person. Uh, and that is, I think that's what's made this role so much easier with committing to, uh, you know, no matter what, I would have fully committed. But to be able to commit to somebody on screen who's fully giving you everything back and knowing how important it is to both of us to to send a good message and let people know that, you know, it may be tough, whatever situation you're in, uh, whatever your sexuality, your preference, but to, to, we're just trying to give people the, uh, I guess the idea that you can face, you know, you, you can, you can be open with, with who you are and, and you'll find a home, right? Like we're hiding it in the show. And I think you see that our pain is not like doing either of us any good mm-hmm. for hiding it, right? And and we just want people to be comfortable with their sexuality, be open. I know it's much easier said than done, but we're just trying to give people a platform to kind of escape and 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 feel maybe more more comfortable with who they are and 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 being honest with with other people who give them who the may strength judge them. to be honest. The strength, that's yeah. what it is. It's the strength. It's very very difficult thing to do. But Tyler has just, from the get-go, we have just been fully committed to one another, you know, fully invested. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The guy's he's, you know, he's a great kisser. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some hot kisses, I got to say. I, like, I definitely had it on and was, like, kind of tidying up for a little bit. And I stopped in my tracks. I was like, Ooh. that's a steamy, wow. a steamy that. moment. I ship it. Thank you, Val. I, I ship, ship it. it. <laughs> Malix. So when you were on set, you had mentioned uh, a few months back that your parents just left visiting. And you had told me a comment. You had said, yeah, I think they still don't believe that this is happening. Yeah. Now that it's airing, now that it's been on, now that you are, you know, in all of these news articles and people are talking about you, now do they believe it? They fully believe it. Uh, <laughs> they fully believe it. You know, it was really, it was really wild. My parents came out and visited in Santa Fe, New Mexico is where we shoot. We were at dinner one night and my dad was just like, you know, like 20 years ago, you know, I'm 28 years old, I'll be 29 in March. He's like, 20 years ago, if you would have told me my kid was going to, my kid was going to be an actor, I would have, not that I wouldn't have believed you, but I would have just been like, yeah, all right, you know, we'll see it when I see it. And now that you're like doing it, he it was it was like a surreal moment watching his brain like short circuit and like <laughs> process that his kid is doing what's one of the most beloved things I think for him. I mean, that dude always is watching like movies and shows and can name any actor on anything he's seen. I mean, my dad thinks he probably could have been John Travolta, you know, like <laughs> from Saturday Night Fever and stuff, you know, like my dad is all about that. Um, so I think it's very surreal for them. I think, you know, literally I make it, I made a joke on my Instagram recently, a picture of my parents on set with me when we were shooting saying like the moment my mom realized I didn't need a backup plan anymore. But that's the truth. I mean, up until the show got picked up, even after the pilot, you know, she was always saying, well, at least you have the watch job or at least you're doing this. Or, you know, I was doing like freelance social media work for people like, I was just hustling, 
she was always just thankful that I was using like my business savviness for, you know, outside of acting. But the difference was even when I was working for that watch company, like everything I do, I do wholeheartedly. I think if you're going to be a waiter at a restaurant and you hate waiting tables, if you're going to be there, you better be the best damn waiter Mm -hmm. there, you know? And that's, that's what I was doing with everything I I was, you know, participating in. Uh, There's only been a few episodes of Roswell, New Mexico. Is there anything you can tease? Yeah. fun arc? Um, oh my gosh. I know. I always hated this question. I know. It's tough. <laughs> Thanks for giving it to me. You're though. welcome. <laughs> Something really specific that you're not supposed to tell us. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say that the show for anyone who's seen, it's been three episodes. Episode four is out tomorrow night. Uh, everything that you expect from the show and where it's headed, just know that you're wrong. And uh, it's going to get super crazy. They really start amping up um, the action in the show. I think episode two was a good taste for that. Uh, episode one, you're kind of setting things up. Episode two moved really cool. Episode three, we're setting things up again. You know, we start getting back into it again tomorrow night. And through the rest of the season, there's just a, there's a lot of secrets, a lot of mystery. And the cool thing to know is that everything gets answered. Mm. which Some, which I feel like is kind of rare and hard mm-hmm. to do sometimes in a, in a short 13 episode season, yes. but everything does get wrapped up. So you will have your answers before we go into season two. Okay. If I, we do two more questions. Yes. One is a yes or no question. You cannot answer longer. Mm. Yes or no. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then at the end of the pilot episode, you, I love one of your lines is like nostalgia is a bitch, huh? Oh, and wow. it's so good. And so do you think now in your own personal life, like when you like go, you post so many things about your younger self, is nostalgia a bitch or at this point where you're at, is it nice? Is it comforting? What's your take on nostalgia? That gives me like all kinds of feelings, that question. (laughs) Um, I love nostalgia. And I think that even in that, I remember saying that line on set back in like March uh, in Albuquerque and we were shooting that scene and by the way, when I was standing in that doorway, just for a little inside knowledge, when I was looking at Tyler Blackburn, I was just like imagining the nicest, most beautiful woman's butt ever <laughs> when I was watching him bend over. Um, and I was really getting me in the, in the mood. Um, but, uh, you know, he turns and he's messing with his prosthetic leg. And it's kind of like, I feel like that line could have been read so many ways, but I did it in a way where it's like, it is a bitch, but like, Thank God it is, you know, like I'm, I'm so thankful for everything I've been through. Um, people have been through way worse things than me, but the things that I have been able to face, I'm super thankful for. I think they've made me who I am. I always like regretted, you know, when I started acting senior year of college, like I should have, I should have been acting, you know, I should have never stopped, you know, from like fourth grade on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, that, but it's like, dude, maybe I wouldn't be who I am and the actor that I am if I didn't have all those just normal life experiences for those so-and-so 15, 12 years, whatever, up until I started acting again. Um, so I think nostalgia is like the coolest thing ever. And it's kind of like where all the feels come from. So I'm, I'm really thankful for everything. And sometimes it can be a bitch, but I'm, I'm really bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> I love it. Where can our listeners find you on all your socials? Oh, I'm at, uh, at Michael Vlamis on Instagram is pretty much where I live on social media, Twitter. I told everyone I was going to start tweeting. I kind of lied about that. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> and that's also at Michael Vlamis and then Facebook. I don't really use that much. Maybe I need to get back on there, you know? Um, but it's at Michael Vlamis 
actor. Ooh. Ooh. He is Michael Blamis, wasn't CW available. is on every Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesdays, CW, 9, 8 central time. Uh, and then you can watch Mexico. it. Yeah, if you miss it, you can stream it. It's streaming on Hulu right now. Nice. And then it's also on the on CW's website. So it's playing there. And then once the season ends, it'll be on Netflix and whatnot. So Awesome. Yeah, or you can just show up in my house on Tuesday nights. We watch it every time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thank yeah. you the best. So Thank much. you. We love you guys. Oh, wait, wait. Well, we got to shout out Michael Trevino. Uh, oh, I got to shout out Michael Trevino before I leave because Michael Trevino is an absolute gem. The kind of guy who texted me the other day and said, yo, dude, just went out for an audition for this role that I think you'd be even better at. You should get an audition for it. Wow. That's the kind of guy Michael Trevino is. I love him. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But yeah, thank you so much, both of you guys, everybody for having me. Well, thanks and for coming. hopefully I can get to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Well, Vlamis is just a delight. Well, and now all I want is cheesy fries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he paints a picture of food very well. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'd only known him from acting class. Mm-hmm. It was so fascinating to hear um, about his whole life story and his, you know, how he got into acting and also his relationship with his family and in himself, like as he was growing up, I'm, you know, I had no idea. We, neither of us knew that he was going to share what he'd been through at such a young age with his testosterone levels. Not at all. And actually, as he was leaving here, he didn't plan on sharing that either. Yeah. But when he was here, he just felt compelled to share it. So I feel honored for him to have told that story on this podcast and um, opened our our brains to uh, this whole world that I truly didn't know much about. Me either. Yeah. Me either. Especially those are ages when, you know, your late teens and early college years, like where you're trying to really figure out who you are in a totally different way than you do in your 30s, I think. Mm -hmm. And so for him to have the wherewithal to say like, no, I'm going to go check on myself to make sure that I'm okay. I feel like I need to go check in with the doctor. Like, just remember, like, don't put off those doctor's appointments, ladies and gents. Mm -hmm. Like, if you feel like something's going on, like... Why not get an opinion or a second opinion or a third opinion? Like listen to your gut and definitely take those appointments. Like that that's what it reminded me at the end of the day too. I love that. And yeah. man, he's just so self-assured and um has such an interesting perspective on the world and I'm glad that he came to share it with us and I feel proud in a way only because we've known him and before the show and now to see the success and um he's one of the good ones. So you always want the good ones to succeed. Yeah, he is definitely one of the good ones. Well, we're going to have all of those pictures up that we kind of <laughs> chatted about. So if you guys haven't already go to at Candace Kayla on Instagram and we're going to have some really funny pictures for you guys to see. And maybe uh, we might write some notes to our 12 year old self. Absolutely. And um, we will hang out with you guys next week. See you soon. Bye. Hey, Kayla, are you dreaming of a beach vacation? Ooh, yeah. Get away to the sugar white sands and turquoise waters of Panama City Beach, Florida. You'll discover endless family fun, heart-pounding thrills, eco-adventures, and romance. So make it memorable. Make it yours at Panama City Beach, the real fun beach. Plan your escape today at visitpanamacitybeach.com. Thank you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.